Doctrine and Devotion is sponsored by the most innovative audio Bible app available, Dwell. Dwell is like the Spotify of Scripture because of how easy they've made it to explore the catalog of Holy Scripture. Stay tuned for more details or head over to dwellapp.io. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Got one word for you. Um, hello? Turquoise. Why are you wearing a turquoise t-shirt? What Stop in it. the world? It goes, Where, it, it, for, goes, it goes well against my skin. Okay, No, it doesn't. Actually, yes, it, it does. It doesn't. Oh, I'm no. not going to go. Oh, listen, yeah. Mr. Gray and Black all day. Yeah, because Gray and Black always... First of all, my facial hair is gray, okay? And so it, it complements mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. What on you is turquoise? No, it brings out. It yeah, brings out. A, it's just... It's an, it's an awkward color. Everybody right now, if you got your... Just... Type in turquoise into your phone and see what the, what the gemstone pops up and you see that image. That's the color T-shirt that Jimmy has on right now. It's really off-putting and it, it's distracting. Frankly, it's distracting. Good, I don't yeah, like I, it. I caught your attention. Jeez, it's an attention grabber. Turquoise. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. Good week. Yeah. Yeah. Good week. Bit busy. Bit busy. When are you leaving? When are you leaving town? Uh, well, no- when are you leaving the country? November first. November. Oh, we got some time. We got okay. time. That's All what I'm right. saying. We got to make yeah. sure. But I'll be gone for a few weeks. Yeah. Easy peasy. Two, three weeks. Two weeks. It might be longer. I have not given you permission for three weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll yeah, let you. Uh, permission <laughs> denied. Yeah, because I got to. Yeah. I run my schedule past you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, I'm excited to see some picks, right? Be, be sure you do the picks. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I don't need to see Greg and Alice and Earl who are traveling with you all over Europe. I don't need to see that. What do you mean? They're yeah. not traveling you, with us yeah. all they, over. They, oh, they're, they're not? No, they're just going mm-hmm. just in France. Okay. Oh, that's it? That's it. Not in Italy. Not in Italy. Oh, okay, then. I feel better. How, how does that make you feel because better? Because Italy is like even more special. <laughs> Italy's pretty special. If you Italy. took a, somebody else there, you're taking the Earls to France. If you were taking the Earls to Italy, I would be like, why aren't you taking me? I'm, I, well, I'm, I'm going with the, uh, with the phrase. It's Italy. Who the phrase? They're like the couple that Michelle and I are closest to the most. They don't go to our church. No, no, they nah. live in London. Yeah, I don't care about them. They are, they're already over there. Yeah, yeah, they're already over there. All right, who cares? So we, we, we've traveled. Uh, we've Nobody cares about this. Them. Nobody <laughs> cares. I don't even care about so it. Now we're just going to go flying to Naples and. Mm. Uh, it's in Florida. That's where. That's where. <laughs> that's yeah, we're gonna, is. yeah, we're going to be hanging out with James McDonald. Okay. <laughs> hey, did you tell people? Did we say. We did say that we saw him at the airport, right? On the podcast? I don't think we said on the podcast. Did oh, we say yeah. on the podcast? I don't know. We oh, did. Man. We saw James McDonald at the airport in Chicago. Oh, he stuck <laughs> out like a, th- a sore thumb. <laughs> it was crazy. You can't miss James McDonald, man. It's awesome. Mm. All right, man. What how are you we, doing? How, how, how are you doing? You seem I'm good. Good, uh, I'm good. Yeah. I feel good. Like, listen, you know, we, we've talked about it on the air. We went through a season. Like, 2019, was a, there was a lot of, of heartache and pain. Just really just walking through difficult situations in our home lives, right, with sick mm-hmm. parents or whatever, or walking church members through yeah. difficult seasons, right? So there was a lot of darkness and, you know, ministering to people in that situation. There'd be taxing, of course, but we, we want to do it. We love to do it. Um, and we're coming out of that. And uh, so, yeah, it was, um, I'm feeling good. I feel yeah. like we're- are, are you feeling like you're finally at 100? As close as I can get, yeah. Well, yeah. like, are you actually 100 or- Nobody's ever at 100, no. Well, especially with your math. What are you talking about? 
You don't remember? No. You don't remember a couple weeks ago, we were having this conversation about ministry, how hard it is, the oh, struggles, the season. Up. And you go, man, I just, I love 75% of ministry. I was speaking in general. Hold on, hold on. I love the 75% of ministry. It's that other 15% I can't handle. And I sat there going, you looked at me like with this incredulous look on your face, and I go, "What? What are you? What are you looking at me for? That's that's not a weird thing to say." You're missing ten percent. Like, what's oh, the yeah. other ten percent, yeah. Joe? You, you, I think you said like fifteen percent. I go, twenty-five. It's to be twenty-five. The other twenty-five percent. I don't know. Twenty-five percent is really, really hard. What do you mean? Oh, I don't know. I don't do the math thing. Oh man, how did you miss that? Like three quarters, right? You have three quarters in a dollar is yeah. seventy-five cents. Yeah, I don't know. No, you I don't, don't know. know. I don't exactly. Hey, hmm. you know what? Uh, you know my wife. She works out. Mm-hmm. She does the whole thing, mm-hmm. and um, she's like, she gets up at four thirty. She's like Jocko Willink. She gets up at four thirty, dude. She goes to the gym. She does the whole thing. She comes back. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, she wakes you up at what eight thirty nine? No, 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 no. I don't let anybody wake me up. I just kind of wake up around ten a.m. Um, you know when <laughs> you the garbage say, truck comes through town. Suddenly, I'm awake. No, I get up early, but not as early as her. So, um, you know what she just did? She'll what? be so mad if I say this. Well, then don't. I'm going to. All right, go ahead. She signed up at the new UFC gym that's opening. Oh, I know about that. She yeah. posted it online. Oh, she did? Oh, yeah. sorry, I, I can get away with this. All right, so yeah, Jen signed up. She's take, she's going to be taking jujitsu classes, mm-hmm. kickboxing classes. And just so you know, you better watch it. Listen, I'm sorry, Joe. You better up your game. You better My up game your is game. plenty high. No, your game is not. No, first is- of all, there's nothing high about you. Second mm-hmm. of all... Your wife, mm-hmm. Jen, yeah, uh, she's always been mm-hmm. in a beautifully attractive wow. woman of God. This is uncomfortable. No, it's not. Oh, I've said this to her. I've said this to you. a little creepy. No, it's not. I'm yeah, saying, step I, 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 back, David. <laughs> <laughs> better watch yourself, son. I'm not out of fighting the war. I'm home. All right, Uriah, settle down. Now, listen. But, you know. She's, she's. I know, I know. She's awesome, godly, and yeah, beautiful, yeah. and I'm old and cranky. Yes, yes, and yes. Yeah, yeah. I feel like she's preparing for the second act. Well, she better, because I'll probably, I'm not going to last but another five years. <laughs> Kirk <laughs> Cameron's going to, you know, who knows what's going to happen with him and his so, marriage. Man, come on, dude. You got to up it up. Listen, you don't really have, like, you, you know, like I said, gray, black. That's all you do. Yeah. You don't really have a personality. No. Well, I got one. Well, you don't know. Oscar the Grouch has a personality. <laughs> it's just you got to figure out. And he what, was on Sesame You got to figure out. Listen, you got to pull out that Thomas Watson again. You got to oh. take it back to the foundation. Mm, take it back. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, you got to do right. that. Up your game. I'm worried for you. All right, don't be worried, man. She's faithful and awesome and devoted. So there ain't nothing going on. And if I die, she should remarry. And, no, but and, and I, get I, but I can see that you're going to say something stupid or do something stupid, and she's going to leave you. She was talking to some lady at church today. Not some lady. She's talking to. Kristen um, at church today about it because Kristen's probably going to join the gym mm-hmm. and she's like Kristen's like like almost looks like competitive like mm-hmm. with, the, with the muscles and everything and uh, they were talking about what classes they were going to take and I was like hey ladies UFC offering an old lady class or something what's so going you're on done. you're done <laughs> you're done yep. and, and Kristen smiles like yeah we would need one and Jen just gives me the look like you better shut your face yeah you would say, I'll deal with you when I get home <laughs> oh man I'm busy she's like when are you coming home ah, I'm busy right now <laughs> no one get in trouble. Well, we got an email. Uh, we get lots of emails, and lots. Um, we, we try to respond. We don't do a good job of it. It's but, just you too know, many. We yeah. we absolutely cannot respond to all of them, but we do read every email. And then I don't archive them. I let them build up in the queue oh, right there in the inbox. Stop. And Jimmy gets so angry. Oh, stop! I just I, why do you do that? All right. Well, <laughs> well I, I used to do it just because I don't really think about it, but now that I know, 
it, it gets really it's it gets a little, me anxious. A, yeah. like it actually gets me. You should be a little anxious. So this guy oh. sent an email, and the subject is doubt. Um, it says. Before I get into my question, I'd like to give some context. I was raised Christian. I went to a Bible college and graduated with an associate's degree in biblical theology. I believed it. When I had faith, I truly was in love with Jesus and sought to make disciples and the whole nine. After my last semester, I had some doubts, which, to make a long story short, led to a period of atheism. I wasn't mad at God or anything like that. I just didn't believe it anymore. A few years after that, I joined the Marine Corps, and shortly after, I was deployed to Afghanistan. While overseas, I felt a stirring to return to the faith. I would pray while standing on post until tears would fall. I begged and I pleaded for some type of presence or a sign, but heaven was silent. This thug hasn't left. It ebbs and flows, and I cannot explain it. I know I have areas of my life that I should give up, weights and sins in regards to Hebrews 12, but I can't, and not because I don't want to. I literally cannot. I have obligations and contracts and commitments. So my question is this. Why, if I was seeking and pleading honestly, was God silent? What do I need to do to get him to show up in my life again? Why this incessant tugging? I want to believe, but it feels like there is something blocking me from fully taking it on. Well, uh, man, we are so glad that you emailed us. Yeah. Um, please know that I've been praying for you, that Jimmy and I will be praying for you. And we thought we would interact with your question online or you know, on air because you are not alone. A lot of people yeah. have similar experiences as it relates to doubt and seeking God and, and, and not um, finding a, a response from God, at least not right away. And so we thought we would interact with uh, some of the things that you're talking about. So in terms of, of this man's early experiences, now all we have is this email. We don't we haven't talked to him. No, we so we talk, don't, have we don't know anything now. about this individual. So the first question that I have, Jimmy, is um, did this man have the faith that Scripture describes? Um, he says he believed and, and he loved the Lord and everything. But if this faith ended and he became an actual atheist, is that the faith that Scripture describes? I mean, we don't, like you said, we don't really know. We don't know this individual. We haven't talked to them. We don't know everything. Um, what what leads me to think that he had genuine faith was just that the spirit keeps prodding him, mm-hmm. right? And to me, that's like, well, hold on. If the, the spirit is with you uh, and the spirit is prodding you, then there's there was genuine repentance and faith to start with. Yeah, so, like, so what you're saying is, is this could be more of a backsliding, mm-hmm. and that's certainly possible. And what we don't want to do is we don't want to give anybody false assurance or anything like that, but we're just trying to make sense of your of your situation. Well, not just false assurance, but I also don't want to give them false despair. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that's really good. So the, the, so the question that I, I think we're, we're dealing with is, was your atheism real atheism? You're asking, was my faith real faith? I'm asking, well, was your, was your atheism mm. real atheism? Maybe, it, maybe it was just doubt. Yeah. You know, it could have just been severe doubt. You could have been in a really bad way. Because we can't talk to you about it, we don't really know. Now, your question, uh, and honestly, in the end, when we get to our, our advice and our counsel, it would be the same regardless of what your situation is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the same exact counsel. Um, but here are your questions. You said, if I was seeking and pleading honestly, why was God silent? So there's, there's one question. Um, he's, he's seeking, he's pleading, he's asking God to do something in his life, in his heart. Uh, Jimmy, why, why, what would you, how would you answer that? Why was God silent? God has a perfect time for when he speaks, right? Uh, I think there's, there's 
instances throughout scripture. I mean, even when the psalmist is like, why are you far off from me, God? Why yeah. have you turned your back on me? Right. Why is it that your face does not shine upon me? Please turn to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that feeling of, of absence. Yeah. Right? Uh, and so, you know, if I was seeking, like these people are seeking and they're pleading, honestly, you know, is God truly silent? I think there's times, and we've discussed that before, like where there might be instances because of sin in our life, because mm. of this is a time of pruning. It's a time of, of uh, discipleship and development for you. I remember, and I've talked about this, I wrote about it when um, I was I was having the, the severe anxiety, crippling anxiety. I was going to leave ministry level anxiety and fear. And I would pray for long periods of time. I would lay down and pray for long periods of time, crying out to God. And, um, and after every time of prayer, I got nothing. Um, weeks went by, months went by and I got nothing. I got not a drop of relief. And, um, so in that sense, right, God seemed to be silent. So, you know, some, like you're right, Jimmy, God has a plan and a time. We don't always understand what he's doing, but you brought up the psalmists and they talk about that, that very experience. Our problem is, is we read the Psalms, right? And so you read Psalm 73 or 42, 43, you read those Psalms and it starts out with these guys saying that sort of a stuff. Mm-hmm. Why have you abandoned me? And then it ends with, you are here. I love you. Yeah. Even and, in the midst of it. Right. So we think like, oh, I can read that Psalm in 90 seconds. So how come in 90 seconds, I'm not getting an experience like that? Mm. And the answer is because that Psalm wasn't written in 90 seconds. <laughs> the Psalm was probably written after or during a very long period of dryness, mm-hmm. of misery, depression, anxiety, whatever. So our experience is definitely progressive and generally slow. He also asks, what do I need to do to get him to show up in my life again? Yeah, I mean, it's not a... It, it, I would say to keep pressing in, right? What do I need to keep to, and even it's just that phrase to get him to show up in my mm-hmm. life again, right? I, I struggle with that because I don't think there's a, a sense of like, okay, if I do this, then the end result must be this, right? Because yeah. God doesn't, God doesn't operate and work mm-hmm. in our logical sequences, right? I, I would say that I would, I would say to this, to that question, God is already in your life. He, he, he has showed up. You, you are experiencing this tugging, this conviction, this longing. The spirit is with you. Yep. That sounds to me, at the very least, like God is at work. He is doing something. And so I, th- I think you want to, like you said, press into that, keep responding to that. I mean, one of his questions, Jimmy, is why this incessant tugging? Yeah, that, should, that right there should show you the grace of God in your life, right? That he has not abandoned you, no. that he has not cast you away. Uh, but that his hand is still upon you and he is keeping you. You know, he asks, um, he says, I want to believe, but it feels like there is something blocking me from fully taking it on. And this is why it's helpful to talk about like what faith is, like what real faith is. And, you know, in the Reformed tradition, we talk about faith um, essentially being made up of knowledge, assent, and trust. So you've got for, you know, it's like faith is not a leap into the unknown. It's not, it's not just believing something without anything there that is concrete. Faith is trust in the revelation of God, right? It's actually taking God at his word. Mm-hmm. So it's not a leap into the unknown. It's trusting the known, the revealed. So one aspect of faith is knowledge. You know something about Jesus about God based on that revelation. So knowledge is one part, but just having the knowledge doesn't mean you have faith. Demons have knowledge, right? Satan has knowledge. 
and lots of people have knowledge of the scriptures and knowledge of the gospel, and they aren't converted. You can read commentaries that are accurately interpreting many of the passages of scripture by men who reject the resurrection of Jesus That's right. and a lot of orthodoxy. So, but now it's just one part. The other part is assent, which is like agreement, right? You're, you, you agree with it. You're like, yeah, I, I, I've read this about Jesus, um, and I think it's true. I think that I don't just have knowledge about this myth. I think what I'm reading here is fact and I agree with it. I find it beautiful. I, I was a guy that found the gospel to be beautiful and rich and, and I believed it to be true for months before I was converted. So you can have knowledge and even assent, and that is not faith. The, the thing that ties it all together is trust. And it's like, um, I use the analogy with people of a chair. I just did it this mm. weekend where, you know, we can, we can look at a chair. I can look at a chair and, and have knowledge that, oh, hey, that's a chair. Nobody had to tell me, right? I can look at it and, and have, because I'm smart that way. Yeah, I, I can you look are at a genius. It. I have you know, 140 IQ. I, I, can, um, I, can, I can figure it out, 139. And um, I would say this, I know it's a chair because, well, it's got four legs, it's got a seat, it's got a back, it's got two little armrests on it. That is definitely a chair. It's not a stool, that's a chair. And, then, uh, and it's designed to hold my weight. It's designed for me to sit in. Ascent would say, I think it will hold my weight. Ascent says, oh, I agree. That is a chair that I am supposed to sit in. And if I were to sit in it, it would hold me. Trust is putting your butt in the seat and kicking back. Mm. That's what trust is. And that's the difference. And so when you're saying it, it feels like there's something blocking me, then I've talked to a lot of people who are there. I, I was there. I talked to my mom before her conversion. And she would say, Joey, because everybody in my family calls me Joey. By the way, you've been calling me Joey a lot uh, on the Slack channel. What do you mean, Joey? Yeah, what's that all about? Because well, you're my Joey. All right. Anyway. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That you ain't I love fam. You. you ain't fam. <gasps> if I was, I'd be going to Italy. Wow. Anyway. Well, I, I I can't believe you would say that. Yeah, I can't believe you don't take me to Italy. Taking the Earls. I'm not. Ta I'm not taking the Earls you're to taking Italy. Taking the Earls. I'm not taking them to Italy. Mm -hmm. And you, you should be careful taking taking them because he's way better looking than you. And I'm not taking them. To, mm -hmm. it's, it's France, okay. and I'm not taking them. Okay. Whatever you why say. Why is it? Why are you saying I'm mm -hmm. taking them? Mm -hmm. So, um, so my mom, she would. What say, do you mean? I got to be worried about it. Because I'm a, I'm a catch. It, no, first of all, you've been caught. So it's not about that. What I'm saying is, is like all those French people are going to look at you, and they're going to look at him, and they're going to be like, oh, they're going to delight in talking to him. They're going to you, and they'll be like, nah, I don't think so. That's that's great. Yeah. What are you talking about? They don't no, want to talk to me. They're, they're not going to. They're not going to give you the good wine. You're going to want to talk. You're going to want to be the wine connoisseur. You're going to want to be the guy that knows all the stuff about wine First and the regions. Yeah, but they're not going to believe you. Anyway, so my mom, she would, she would hear this for years and years. I'd be preaching the gospel to her, and she would say, Joey, I agree with you. I believe that what you're saying is right. Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross and rose from the dead, and everyone who believes in him is saved. But I don't believe like you believe. And she didn't, believe, she didn't mean I don't believe perfectly. Because obviously I don't either. Yeah. But what she's saying, she, she knew that there was something blocking her. There was something that wasn't there. And the missing component in her case was trust. So as you're working through these things, it's, you know, it's good to evaluate, well, where am I at? You know, is my hope that Christ is my comfort in life and in death in Christ alone, or is it something else yeah and when we're talking about trust joe i mean one of the things that we can trust mm -hmm. is that dwell is the scripture listening app that everyone needs to check out you can trust it you can, you can bank trust on it. it that's right this is not just an audio bible of course you can listen to the books of the bible but with dwell you can browse popular passages or curated playlists that mm -hmm. include select verses by themes it's really cool i, I really enjoy that there are listening plans to help you cultivate a habit of seeking god in scripture every day it's been actually part of my practice uh during my morning commute yeah 
Yep. Is listening to these playlists uh, as I'm on my way to work. Yeah, when Jen goes to the gym at 4.30, I kind of wake up, but then I stay there and I just listen to my Dwell app. So you-, you Get my spiritual you, workout on. You get your spiritual workout mm-hmm. on by osmosis? Like you just kind of- just kind of listen to it while you're falling asleep. That's what I do. And uh, the thing about the Dwell app is we've talked about this, right? There are four different readers that you can choose from. So you choose the reader that you like, men and women. Accents, no accents. Well, I guess they all have accents. American accents, some European accents. Um, very cool stuff. But there are also music beds that uh, that were created by uh, Chad Lawson. He's the Steinway artist. Like, it's really quality stuff. And you can then adjust the levels of the music and all of that. Um, it's it's a great, this is not, this is more than an audio Bible. It's much yeah. more than an audio Bible. You know what I love? It sends you reminders. Yeah. So you can say like, oh, I need to, be, I need to write, and you pick the time and it'll, it'll like, boop, boop, time for you to read the Bible. Is that, boop, boop, is that what it says? Well, my, mine goes, meow. That's my, that's my setting. I got a little cat. Oh, wait, are you serious? No. There's, uh, listen, here's the thing. Oh, I was about to rip you apart. There's like, <laughs> we think I'm going to do a cat dog. <laughs> you can get a seven day trial. Now here, listen, yes, this is an app that you pay for. But Jimmy and I actually believe this is an app worth paying for. Yeah. I will be paying for this app personally. I, I believe in it. I love it. Um, and it's not expensive. But you can do a seven-day trial to get everything, right? The Bible in ESV translation, uh, in book and chapter form. You've got 44 listening plans. Take you through books and themes one day at a time. 261 curated passages of noteworthy scripture. Um, a great place to begin if you're not really sure where to start. 44 playlists mm. that will help you travel through scripture by theme. You can even download the audio and listen when you're offline when you don't have a signal or you don't have Wi-Fi. Like when I'm on a plane heading uh, to Italy or when I leave Italy to head to France mm-hmm. uh, to go meet with Greg and Allison. Yeah, but you'll buy the Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. You're totally going to buy the Wi-Fi. You can't, you can't survive without the Wi-Fi. What do you mean? You'll get the on Wi-Fi plane? on the plane. Yeah, no, I don't do that. Yes, you do. No, I don't. I've traveled with you. You've gotten the Wi-Fi. I've only done it once when we had to write our when I had to finish up my talk mm-hmm. in New Zealand. Yeah, Usually you, I don't. You'll get the you'll get it. No, no, no. And so, I have a European plan on my phone anyways. Jimmy, where do they go if they want to get this app? Yeah, uh, you can look it up on your phone or visit dwellapp.io. All right, so listen. Our encouragement to this brother and for anyone who is struggling with doubt. Because doubt is everyone's struggle on one level or another. Um, we've got some some basic advice here. And one is going to be uh, very basic. Don't dismiss this. Don't say, I'm already doing this. Number one is seek the Lord. Mm. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There is a promise there. Like y- you... You, you will seek and you will find. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Yeah, I mean, Jesus in, in Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and, then, and the one who seeks finds. Now, listen, I know, I know. Our Reformed brothers, especially the neophyte Calvinists, the new ones, Romans 3, no one seeks for God. Mm-hmm. No one seeks for God. Right. No, not one. Okay. So uh, here's the thing. First of all, be a better Calvinist, okay? Um, (laughs) That's step one. No one seeks for God apart from God's movement and work in their life. That's right. You don't seek for God on your own accord. That's right. You are supposed to seek for God. You're responsible to seek for God. You are called to seek for God. And you will seek for God when he is at work in you. So when you are seeking, truly seeking, Jesus says you will find. So number one, Seek the Lord. Number two, believe the promises, right? John 14, one, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And so in the midst of it, like you're going through the struggle, you're going through this doubt, you're going to start to uh, really, the, 
the enemy is going to be bringing lies to you. Yeah. He's going to be speaking lies to you. And yet we need to believe in the promises of God. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. And that's, I mean, listen, he's addressing you, brother, right? He, he, he's talking, let not your heart, your heart is troubled right now. Yeah. And we're all over. I get there. I get there where I start doubting. I start wondering. And the call to believe in God and believe also in me. Now, how do we actually pursue that? We'll talk about that in a minute. But, but consider the promise that's associated with John 14 in verses two through four. Jesus says, believe also in me. But then he says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, um, would I have told you that I, I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and yeah. will take you to myself that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I am going. And of course, his disciples are struggling with all of this, but you can see, he says, I want you to believe in me. There is a promise associated with faith. The one who believes receives the kingdom and receives every spiritual blessing in me is what Jesus is saying. So you want to seek the Lord. You want to believe those promises. Like, what are you believing right now? Like, and he's like, well, but I, but I want to believe, but I don't believe. I get it. I, I understand. Um, so you put those promises, you put the word of God before you and one of the things that we do in the midst of all of this, especially in the midst of doubt, is we don't just seek for the Lord and believe the promises. We also should be repenting of sin. Mm. Because when we begin to really repent of our sin, we find personal revival. In Acts 13, 19, it says, Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, one of the things that you say up here, brother, is that um, you say, listen, uh, I know that I have areas of my life that I should give up, weights and sins in regards to Hebrew 12, but I can't, and not because I don't want to. I literally cannot. I have obligations and contracts and commitments. I have no idea what that means. No idea, yeah. Okay, so I'm not going to pretend to understand, but repentance is always a possibility. Repenting of your sin is what you are called to, and sometimes there's tremendous cost. Sometimes there are consequences for that, but... You cannot expect to experience the nearness of God if you are refusing to repent. So repenting of sin is big. Uh, number four, uh, use the means of grace, right? You're asking, what do I do? What do I do? And, you know, uh, I want you to press in. I want you to press in. What to, are the means of grace? Yeah, press in to reading the word of God, right? Mm -hmm. Into praying, mm -hmm. uh, into uh, worship, yep. into community, mm -hmm. right? Into uh, uh, celebrating the ordinances, right? Where where does faith like come to people? Like where does the grace of God impact people? Through these means. Through these means, yes. Among God's people. And so as you are... Uh, as you are pressing in, right, as you're reading scripture, then, you know, the spirit is, is taking that scripture and you're and building up your faith, right? It's also then calling out those areas in your life that Joe is talking about that you need to repent of, yeah. uh, to turn away from and to cling to him. Number five, uh, be honest with yeah. your local church. Now, if you're at a bad, unhealthy church, you can't be honest with them because uh, they're just going to dog you or not help you. But a healthy church that you're honest with is going to serve you, love you, walk with you. I've had people, we've had people in our community groups when we pray, hey, when we say, who should we be praying for that's lost? We've had people say, hey, pray for me. They raise their hand, pray for me. I don't know the Lord yet. I'm in a bad spot. Um, we have people that say, hey, you can pray for me. I'm spiritually cold. I feel really backslidden. Mm. People are honest in these contexts and we pray for one another and we encourage one another. It's why <clears throat> um, our discipleship groups, 
That's why our discipleship groups are so important because yeah. that's a context in which we can get really honest with each other, hold one another accountable, and then encourage, cheer one another on, exhort one another with the scripture. If you're not honest with the church, you're not going to get the help you need. Yeah, and number six, and this is really to the church, mm-hmm. be gentle with the doubting, right? Yeah. The, the, I think the worst thing you could do is to is to come down hard yeah. on those that are struggling, right? All you're doing is just pushing them away, and then you're you're essentially you're you're removing the opportunity for you to play a part in encouraging them yeah. in their faith because I know I've been in those instances where uh, a church came down hard uh and I was like why would I want to discuss this obviously uh I I am I am ruined there's no hope for right. me right you're not supposed to shun me you're supposed to shape me yeah boom that mm-hmm. that's a tweet right there hashtag hashtag shun don't shun shape so I had um, one of the editors of one of the many books that I've written. Booklets, yeah. Um, uh, real smart guy, uh, studied a lot on Calvin. And he was pointing out to me one time that when Calvin started writing the Institutes, he had like a paragraph on doubt. And the more that he wrote and the larger the Institutes grew, we got paragraphs and pages and pages and pages on the subject of doubt in the Christian life. Faith is not the absence of all doubt, and too many Christians pretend that it is. Um, the truth is, is that faith overcomes doubt, but that's a, that's a battle. That's a spiritual battle, and sometimes your faith is weak and doubt is strong, and sometimes faith is strong and doubt is weak. Our faith is imperfect. It's, it, it's going to remain imperfect until the resurrection, right, when you won't need faith because you'll have sight. You will yeah. be with Jesus. But for now, you know, your faith, your repentance is going to be uh, tainted with sin, it's uh, you're going to struggle. It, your faith can grow and your faith can weaken. This is why it's important to do all of these things, to seek the Lord, to believe the promises, to repent of sin, to use the means of grace, and to be honest with your church and for the church to be gentle with those who are doubting. This is the way that people come home. And so, brother, if you want to come home, if you want to be close to the Lord, I don't. we don't have an easy answer for you. We don't have like, oh, well, do these things and by next week you'll be fine. Uh, sometimes the dark night of the soul, well, it's longer than a night. Mm. You know, sometimes it's a month. You know, winter is coming. It's going to be dangerous, right? It, it, it's, it can be overwhelming. So we would say press in. Uh, don't give up on God. He doesn't give up on his people. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrFosha.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFosha.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays. I feel like you got something to say there. Nothing. All right. Later. Turquoise. Ah. Uh-huh.